Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Zedig. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? It's been, what, like three months, four months? I don't know what time is. Yeah, it's been like four months since the last episode. Oops. So I've got to answer some questions. The first of which is, of course, where the heck, where the, where the heck have you been, Sarah? Where, what have you been up to? So here's the deal. Here's what I've been up to for the last four months. I, um, I fell into a hole, a hole called Homestuck. I fell into the Homestuck hole. Homestuck, in case you don't know, is a webcomic that has been going on for 10 years and it's got a big fandom and it's important to me for a number of reasons. I wrote a 9,000 word fanfic back in April. One of the things that happened, God, it's been a wild, I can't believe it's only been a couple of months. Basically what happened is I, um, uh, I decided I wanted to write a sequel to my fanfic, right? And I wound up turning it into this huge, sprawling, over a hundred thousand plus word thing that is still sort of ongoing. And uh, I did a video about it. Chances are you've seen it if you're a fan of my video work over at Let's Talk About Stuff. And uh, I, that that was a big thing that sort of consumed my life for several weeks where I'd like wake up and write throughout the day and then go to sleep. And then I, I just did that nonstop. And I just got so into thinking about and talking about Homestuck because uh, at the same time, I also uh, took over the Perfectly Generic podcast. Sorry for the background noise. The dog is sort of walking around, shaking her little uh, collar tag thing. But I I took over the Perfectly Generic podcast, which is a podcast about Homestuck. And I, um, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about like this show and... P-Gen and uh, Fish and the Percolator, which is still on a big hiatus for reasons. But uh, I uh, I hate that this show is... Well, we'll get to that. So <laughs> to, finish, to finish the background, basically, I've just fallen so much into thinking about and talking about Homestuck over the last four months that it's like... It's been such a nice break from what I normally do, which is talk about myself on this podcast (laughs) or uh, talk about media on my channel. And as much as I enjoy doing both of those things, Jesus, as much as I enjoy making video essays and everything, uh, I started off as like a writer of fiction before any of this ever happened. And I wanted to be a writer for a really long time. So getting back into writing a ton of fiction has just been like, it's activated a completely separate corner of my brain. 
And it's just been a nice escape. And I really enjoy it. Um, and other people enjoy it too. I've gotten a lot of fan art of my stuff. It's become like a popular fanfic. It's like big enough at this point that uh, it's, it, it's several people who have been around for a while are saying, ah, it's one of the greats, which is fucking wild. Uh, especially considering how new I am to the fandom. <laughs> but uh, the other big th- development in that is that there's a, a game called Pester Quest, which is a spinoff of Homestuck that's basically alternate universe type thing where all the characters from Homestuck have an opportunity to have some aspect of their history retconned. And it's like uh, by an interloper who just wants to make friends. And it's basically wish fulfillment for a story that is genuinely very sad and not super nice to these poor troubled teens. And I got hired to write a route. It's a visual novel. And so each character gets its own, like it's their own route where, you know, between five and 10,000 words, you just hang out with them and learn some things about them and hopefully make their life a little bit better. So I got hired to do Official Homestuck shit off the strength of my fucking fan fiction, <laughs> which is funny on its own and uh, uh, like surreal and doubly funny because I I literally talked about that phenomenon in my video about my fan fiction where it's like, you know, sometimes people get hired based on the strength of their fan works. And then that literally happened to me. So that's, I don't know, funny. <sighs> life huh it sure do be like that and i i uh i've i've gone into this like community where i've become friends with a lot of people who are like working on homestuck just because i you know i've signed the nda and i'm back i'm behind the curtain but i'm not really working on anything i'm just sort of around and i'm aware of some things and i'm friends with people um I was the, the uh, PGN had a live show in North Carolina in October and I flew out for that actually and uh I got to hang out with uh Aisha Yufara who is guested on this show and Kate Mitchell and a few others while they launched Homestuck 2 and I got to watch the early reactions come in and I read it in real time with everybody else. I was in the room with them reacting to it, like reading it page by page and just like, fuck you for this. Uh, And just seeing, you know, their excitement as it was very warmly received and being very successful. Um, And so the result of that is that I've just, it's, that's just been my life for the last four months. And when it comes to this show has a history of me not knowing what it is, (laughs) to say the least, I pretty much since the first arc, quote unquote, ended back in what, 2017 would have been 20. Yeah, it would have been 2017 when I from September to December of 2017 when I recorded the first six or seven episodes 
and uh, before I launched the show, um, like that arc before I think every basically every episode before I had Carta on Carta Manier, uh, it was my first guest. Basically every episode before that, I um, I consider that like the first arc, and that to me is like the essential essence of trans questioning, which is just the audio diary of my experience questioning my gender. <laughs> and I've actually considered releasing that in a collected form in like an audiobook or something. I don't know. Just because I think that it beyond what the rest of the show does, I think that particular thing is the bit when people re-listen that they really latch onto is like the thing that hooks them as an important just as an important like thing for them like the representation that they're looking for the thing that i made this show to be pretty much since then i've struggled with what i want this show to be like what purpose does it serve because it's it's a show about being trans and it's a show about gender and it's a show about my experience and our experiences, and it's an advice show and a news show, but it's also just whatever it needs to be per episode. And it should be freeing. Like, I've done several episodes that are just fucking about YouTube, right? Like, I, I, I don't I don't take I try not to take the the style and like topic too, too seriously, but it's hard not to. Um. This is the exact reason why I named my YouTube show Let's Talk About Stuff, because I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into only talking about movies or games or whatever. I wanted to because I have so many interests. Like I made a video about writing Homestuck fan fiction. I've, I've made a video about uh, the labor of art compared to the like manual labor Um one of the, the 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 two videos that I'm sort of working on in my head right now are um, one is about copyright and canonicity and history and in the present and the way that copyright and canon both are used as a way of controlling our ability to conceive of our personal narratives, uh, which involves media, but it also involves history and it, inv- it involves a lot of stuff. And I've got another video about the nature of truth and uh, in in like fiction versus things that purport to be uh, true stories. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, those are those are not media related necessarily like they are, but they're whatever. I like having the freedom to just sort of follow whatever I want to do. Right. And that's kind of in the last year and a half or so, as I have found more and more success on my, through, through my channel and through other things, um, I've, I've struggled a lot with consistency. I don't think I've struggled so much with quality. I have pretty high standards as far as my uh, what I let see the light of day. Probably too much, as much as I try to tell myself like, no, I, it doesn't need to be perfect. I I still struggle with that. I my problem is not quality. I don't think my problem is consistency in that I do do a lot of different things and 
I have a hard time sticking to any kind of specific release schedule. This is true of this podcast as much as it is of my YouTube channel. I haven't released a new video since my fanfic video, and that was back in, I think, the end of September. Maybe the early October. I'm not even, I can't, I can't remember. It's been a minute. And I've been thinking about it. It's just like, because I've been in this headspace of creating fiction and thinking about fictional worlds in the sense of less like analyzing their meaning and more looking at them as a narrative that I can contribute to, that's a very different part of my brain than the part of me that analyzes media. And it's just a part of my brain that I haven't activated in a long time. So it's just been like, it's been really hard to, to flip sides. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of reaping the, the consequences of that because I, I, my videos are what is like paying all my bills. And I've been losing a fair number of patrons over the last few months um, just because I haven't released anything in a while. And I completely understand that. Um, meanwhile, a lot of my contemporaries like, um, Curio, uh, who's a friend of mine, um, their channel, Curio Rambles, they also co-host, uh, Fish in the Percolator with me, which I guess I should say why that's on hiatus. I probably have talked about it before. It's been so long. Uh, we had recorded so many episodes of that show before we even launched uh, we actually, the last episode we recorded was covering the season finale of the first season. So we got through a bunch of it. Uh, and it was fantastic, fantastic, funny stuff. Really, really good shit. And then Eric's computer crashed and wiped their entire hard drive. And we lost like five episodes. And the amount of work that we put into it, the uh, the humor we brought to it, the sense of like, this thing is so good. Like, we were so proud of it. Every episode we ended, we're like, holy shit, this show rules. It was such a loss that we just couldn't, we couldn't bring ourselves to do it. Like, we needed a break. We couldn't bring ourselves to re-record and try to recapture that magic. And we've talked a little bit about it. Uh, we all agree, like, if we did it once, we can do it again. But I think we're all afraid a little bit to, like, get back in the room together and and realize that the magic is gone. But we're planning on doing it sooner or later. Um, we're honestly overdue. But because the holidays are, are happening, I doubt that we will be doing that anytime soon. Um but anyway, 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 Eric is um, a YouTuber who started uh, more recently than me. And I found their stuff like a year and a half ago, I think. I can't remember. Uh, but their stuff has always been very, very good. And they've maintained a very consistent release schedule. And now uh, they've hit 20,000 subscribers, which is right where I'm at. And Mia Mulder is at the same uh, same uh, same benchmark. Mia is also guested on this show. And I'm so proud and excited for them. And that's fucking amazing. And there is still a part of me, though, that, that thinks about, like, 
if I have if I had been consistent with my video release schedule over the last year, I would be I would not be worrying about money the way that I am right now. Uh, I I would probably have substantially more subscribers. I think that's safe to say. Um, and I don't say that as like I'm not jealous. It's just it's just an object lesson for me that they have a consistency that I do not. And I've, I've struggled with that consistently. And it is a function of my, my neurodivergent disabilities, I guess is a way to put it. You know, like I've, y'all know I have bipolar two and I have ADHD uh, and I am on medications for those things, but they only do so much. My my bipolar medication has more of an effect on my emotional stability, and the ADHD meds help me focus on what I give a shit about at that moment. It's it's how I was able to write so much fanfic in such a short amount of time, but uh, it doesn't. I have I still have to make myself work on things that aren't immediately calling to me. I still have the problem of following the light of creativity wherever it leads. And I think that this is one of the advantages that I have as a creator in that I have a sense of spontaneity. I have a sense of what's good and I follow it, and I, uh, I think, I don't know. I just have I have a very very specific quality filter and a desire to constantly be changing things, and I think that this is one of my advantages because it it lets me it it, it lets me reinvent things and never never become formulaic or stale. But there is a comfort in formula. And part of the problem is I feel like I am always not wanting to retread the same ground. And the result of that is that I, I kind of just end up not doing things. Um, so yeah, this show, I love this show and this show means a lot to me as it means a lot to other people. And I've gotten so many messages from people asking me, is this show is, is trans questioning coming back? And I've been saying, yeah, it's going to come back and we're here. So I'm, I'm still in the process of figuring out what I want this show to be. And I don't know because here's the issue. I don't want to say that I've transitioned because that's not true. I still have issues with like, my facial hair is still a big thing. Uh, I haven't been to laser in a very long time. And there's a part of me that's feel, that feels like I've regressed a bit, you know, uh, which I know I said in my previous, uh, previous episode of the podcast where, I don't know, I've just felt... Graduating from college is, is, is a fucking good thing. But at the same time, I've isolated in a big way. And 
you know, I don't I don't have to leave my house because I work from home. And there are advantages to this. I get to make my own schedule. I get to work on things that I care about. I'm I don't have somebody telling me what I have to do. But the the the, the drawback of that is that I don't have anybody telling me what the fuck I have to do. And and I have ADHD. I have a hard time making myself do things. And the internet is just so full of distractions. And I don't have I don't have people around me to like make me do things. Um yeah, I I've been thinking a lot about like I I need to get the hell out of here. I need to find a place and like move in move in with other people and find find a community, you know? And so that's something that I'm thinking a lot about. And I know I've talked about that a lot on this show as well. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's an increasing weight on my mind. And that, that carries its own weight considering how much of a weight it has always been for me. But I am, you know, I have to move out at the end of May, I think of this place that I'm at now. So that gives me, what, five months to find, to figure out where I'm going? Wow, I hadn't actually counted out the months. Jeez, time does fly, doesn't it? Ah, coffee. Um, but so one of the things that I'm doing, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that I went to North Carolina for the live show, the Perfectly Generic podcast live show. I am, uh, that was a rejuvenating experience. For me in so many ways because I just I hadn't been around a bunch of people who are like as gay as me <laughs> to, put it, to put it indelicately and it was just so refreshing and so cool to just be around people like one of the one of the nicer experiences paradoxically was like we were all just sitting around in a room after this really really exhausting day like the entire trip was so fucking exhausting because i mean for 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 aisha and kate it was so much worse because you know this project that they've had under wraps that they've been working on for months that is like the biggest thing of their creative careers uh they launched it and they're dealing with so many things all at once and it's this huge stress ball uh i i cannot imagine what that felt like but i know that i absorbed quite a bit of it and i was exhausted too so we were all hanging out in aisha's house and just so exhausted after a day and we were thinking oh we're gonna go anywhere i no i don't want to go anywhere so we were all just sat i i think so kate put wolfpack on (laughs) on on the tv so we just had background music of jazz you can't fuck to and we were all just on our phones just sitting in silence and occasionally somebody would be like hey have you seen this meme and we would share the meme and we would all laugh and then we would go back to our phones and boomers would look at that and be like it's a dystopic nightmare but for for me it was like oh Oh, we can just do this. This is really nice. I like this. It's not how I want to be all the time, but it is really nice to be in a room full of people and know that I don't have to engage with them on a 100% social level. Like, you know how you're around people and you're so 
you feel like you have to perform yourself to a certain extent. You have to meet like acceptable. Uh, you, you you have to be acceptable to some extent. Um, you have to play yourself up and be social. And for some people, this comes easier than other others. And it comes relatively easy to me, if only because it's like just pure muscle memory at this point. But it does get exhausting and, and I need solitude at times. And it was sort of a revelation to realize that I could be secluded while in the room with a bunch of people without feeling like I was purposefully separating myself in like a really angsty way, which is a thing I have a problem with where people will be having a conversation and somebody will say a thing that uh, triggers something and I just feel awful and I sort of like just stand there and feel this wall erupt around between me and everybody else in the room. This wasn't that. This was just all of us recharging in the same room. So anyway, that trip was... That trip was revelatory for me in a lot of ways. And so uh, it was also nice to get out of my house, get out of Oklahoma, like see somewhere else the smell of, of North Carolina. This was a relatively small town. So walking around, it's like, oh, there's so many trees everywhere and the smell of them is so different. It was nice. It was an, it was just like it was it was pleasant. And uh I don't know. I resolved at that moment that I need to travel more because I don't get out enough and I'm making, I'm not really making enough money to, to be able to afford to travel a bunch, but I'm making enough that I can pretend that I am. (laughs) And so I, I resolved to travel more and that's what I'm doing. So in just over a week, I am flying out to Seattle to uh, hang out with Kate, actually. And I'm going to be there for a while. And we're going to go on a road trip. And I've, I've talked to her about this. Like, I just, I need to get out and I need to see other places. And she's sympathetic to that. And I didn't want to spend Christmas by myself. I didn't want to spend Christmas um, with my family, necessarily, because... As supportive as they are, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be around people who know my dead name. I don't want to be around people who might misgender me sort of habitually or not understand why it's a big deal. And because I've I've been around people like that a lot lately. And you know, I love my brother's family. I love my sister's family and I I I do want to spend more time with them and I, I plan to eventually. I just I don't know, right now to be honest, I'm in kind of a fragile state. I um I had a weird Thanksgiving. And I I went with a friend to their big family uh, Thanksgiving thing, and it was partially a good time. A lot of it was a good time. Uh, I got really drunk really high. Uh, There were some pretty cool people there, but there were also a lot of clueless people. 
And so I got misgendered a lot. And I got misgendered by a child, which actually hurt a lot. Uh, for I don't know why that hurt more than than the adults, but it just something about it like it really hit hard. Um, there were a couple of things that were much worse. Like my first day there, there was somebody who was like insisting that I take selfies with her, and she kept like adjusting my hair and saying, uh, you know, no smile. And I'm like smiling and she's like, no, actually smile. And I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. I'm smiling as best I can in a situation that I don't want to be in. And she's like, you're going to post this on your Facebook. Like we're going to be friends. And while we were posing for selfies, she's like, uh, cause she like put her arm around me and, and like refused to let me go. And I was a little bit drunk and just kind of didn't know what to do. And I sort of froze up and I'm looking back, it's like, Oh, I should have just been like, no, not at all. But you know, I'm, I, I, my default is like agreeable in those situations. I just sort of go roll with it. But while we were get, uh, setting up for like, selfie she's like every time she take one she's like oh your hair looks stupid and like would adjust it and and like pull my hair back and 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 you know i i i try i try to i try to cover my my scalp because my hair is still kind of thin up top and i'm very sensitive about it for good reason and so she kept like adjusting my hair like that. And I said, well, no, fuck that. I hate, you know, and so she said, all right, if you want to look dumb in this picture. And, uh, uh, well, while my friend was there, he was like, ah, you know, what, 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 maybe you should leave her alone. And, uh, she kept being like, nah, he doesn't care. I mean, she, you don't care, right? Like she would misgender me and then she would correct herself. And then she would be like, she would like nudge me and be like, well, you don't really care about pronouns. Do you like, it doesn't matter. And that kind of soured. I put that, put the whole trip in kind of a sour mood. And, uh, that was the worst specific thing that happened there were a lot of little things like it's pretty clear that basically none of these folks had ever really spent any time around trans people so there were a lot of little fun social missteps that were not great but that was the worst one by far uh and it sort of soured the whole trip for me and the friend who took me there i love them a lot um, we've known each other for a very long time. I don't think he listens to this show, but if he does, I'm sorry that I didn't really talk to you about the effect that the trip had on me, but it's clear that the trip meant a lot to you and you were really excited to have me there. And I was glad to be there, uh, for, for a lot of it. It was just draining in a very specific way that I don't think my friend really appreciated um, the importance of 
being the touchstone between me and everybody else there, I don't think they understood the psychic drama of being misgendered, being looked at out of the corner of people's eyes. I think this is a lot of why I don't have very many cis friends anymore, because I can't, you can't always trust them to have your back because they don't understand. And it's understandable that they don't understand. It's a, it's a very specific experience, but it's also an essential one. And like, if I tried, if, if I, in this situation as a guest at this gathering, that is like this big family tradition with this group of people. And this is my first time there. If I, as a guest in their home, uh, made a fuss about being misgendered uh, or, or, or like interjected in, in conversations in, in ways that are typically acerbic of me, I would be playing into a stereotype that they have in their head. I would be playing into the like, oh, so you're one of these oversensitive, et cetera, types. My friend is the one who needed to be the the link in the chain that that understood that 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 they they needed to be the one like playing my defense. And that just wasn't really there. And so I just, I don't have it in me right now to be around, to put it bluntly, more cis people for Christmas, um, for the holidays, because December is already uh, just a rough time for me. It is December 7th right now. Uh, the 13th is the 11th anniversary of my mom's death. And, uh, I don't know. It's been a it's been a weird year. It's like because so much has been going well for me. So much I feel like I have a a career path now in a way that I didn't before. I'm sure if I went back and listened to the trans questioning episodes from this time last year, I would hear me talk about, you know, if I I have a feeling that if I keep this up I will find success. Like it's at a point now where it doesn't feel like a question. It feels like an inevitability. All that matters is if I keep up with it. And of course I debatably kept up with it. Like I, I, I released enough things that my, uh, my subscriber base grew and my income grew. I passed a couple of big thresholds. Um, a lot of really amazing things happened. You know, I was on, uh, Ollie Thorne's uh, Shakespeare stream and I got to play a bunch of different characters against against Ollie Thorne which was pretty fucking cool um, and, you know I mean getting to write canon for one of my favorite works of art is a big fucking deal um, but there's also just like the bittersweetness of you know I wish I had worked harder, done more, which is just, you know, the millennial mood. Um, and there's a part of me that will always feel like no, no achievement of mine will ever really feel real because the only person in my life growing up who ever had my back 
as somebody who didn't function well in the school system, as somebody who didn't fit in well with other people, was my mom. And everything that I did, I did because I wanted her to be proud of me. And so, yeah, there's a big part of me that feels like because because that can't happen, um, none of this is ever real. So I'm partially struggling with this feeling of like, I'm finding success, but it doesn't feel good enough. Um, which, you know, in life, you never arrive. You are always working on things. When you find success, there's always the next thing, right? Like it never stops. And that's just, that's just how it works. That's just life. But it's still, I don't know. I guess this gets back to, um, I guess this gets back to the future of the show. How much time? Oh, 38 minutes. Okay. I guess this gets back to the future of the show. Like my transness isn't really in question anymore. I feel like myself. I, I am Sarah. I, I hear that name and I hear me. When I hear my dead name, it feels like a ghost. And I owe that to my friends. I owe that to my girlfriend, who consistently, consistently says my, my, says my name, even when it doesn't necessarily, like... In in casual conversation, people don't tend to say each other's names, but Molly pretty frequently says my name. And it's part of this reinforcement process of just like, yes, hello, Sarah. Because even when you pick a name, you haven't created a concrete relationship to it yet. Excuse me. It takes time. You know, it takes time hearing other people say your name and and really feeling it to internalize the fact that that's who you are, you know. Um, you know, I've been on HRT now for over a year. My My breast growth has been very good. My hair is long now. I don't wear my, uh, my beanies anymore, really. Um... I'm actually about to start progesterone and get back on finasteride, which is exciting, but also, God, I can barely afford the medications I already have. But I really, I don't know, there are just aspects of my of my bodily transition that are very, you know, it's one of those things, like, it's it, it's not just a cosmetic thing, it's a part of my mental health, like, feeling like I'm, my body is right is, is, is life-saving, essential healthcare. Uh, I'm going to sip some coffee. Uh, but all that stuff is boring to talk about. I don't want to start every episode like, here's here's my transition, what's going on? Well, Nothing. This show started 
when transness was a gargantuan part of my identity and it still is obviously like i've i've positioned myself as somebody who is an approachable i don't want to say expert but i'm i'm an approachable person who talks about trans issues in public so you know i have my my icon on everything is art of me in a homestuck outfit uh, silhouetted against the trans flag. So I don't make a secret of it, and I don't pretend that it's not a big part of who I am. But other things are now coming into the fore. Now that transness is a thing that you have to come to terms with and internalize and what it means to you is the thing you wrestle with for a really long time. And I'm more or less done with that process. There are still things that I'm going to be figuring out for a long time. There's still like, I'm realizing more and more that traditional aspects of femininity, like uh, dresses and makeup and stuff like that, it's not really my thing. When I thought about the kind of person that I wanted to be when I was a kid, I always identified with tomboy, hilariously enough. And, you know, in high school, I wrote in my journals, gosh, I sure wish I could be a lesbian. Which is so funny. Like, I, it's just, it's just, it's just weird. Like, when you're a kid who, who thinks they're a boy, and you, you you hear about the concept of a tomboy and you're like, oh, that's what I want to be. It's like, but you're already wearing those clothes, right? And, you know, when you're when when you're a person who thinks they're a teenage boy, it's like, oh, I want to be a lesbian. But you can already date girls like that's the norm, right? But it's again about the relationship you have with yourself. It's about. How you feel about yourself, right? Like. I, uh, it's not, it's not that I wanted to be, uh, dating girls or wearing more masculine clothes. It's that I wanted to be a girl doing those things. And it's not that I want to wear masculine clothes, whatever the fuck that even means. God damn it. I, I just, I, I, I like wearing form fitting clothes. I like showing off my femininity more, but I'm just not, I'm not. In this, I don't know. I just like I just like varying my 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 look. This is I'm getting off topic here, getting some of that classic trans questioning rambliness here. The point is, those questions, as far as like social transition going forward, um, I mean. I'm sure I'll have thoughts about that stuff later on down the line. Right now, it's not really my concern. It's not really a thing that I'm dealing with. So I, I don't know. When it comes to me, there's not much to talk about. When it comes to the news, I've thought about making this into a, a news show more to like talk about what's going on in the world in relation to trans issues. 
the problem with that is that what's going on in the world in regards to trans issues is bad. It's a, it's a bad is what's happening. Nothing but bad things is going on. It's just it, awful from top to bottom. There, there are good things that are also happening too. And I could use to highlight those, but I just, the thought of making it my job to look up stories and like go through the news about the, 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 the state of the transgender community worldwide politically every single week fucking sucks like the thought of that makes me so stressed so tired again part of the reason why i fell so far into the homestuck hole is also that politics has been just a fucking nightmare just awful everything is so bad and i was so plugged in and i just needed to drop off i dropped away from everything there is a, a lot of comfort in falling into a fictional world, you know, where the worst things going on are like existential drama about your relationship to your godhood or what the fuck ever. <sighs> I've thought about making this an advice show, but the problem is that there's only so many questions and there's only so many times that I can answer Am I trans enough? And I will for the rest of my life never complain when I get that question. Because if somebody's asking, they need to hear the answer. And the answer is, yes, you are trans enough. But for people who listen to this show frequently, there's only so many times you can hear a different permutation of that question before the answers start to get identical. Like it, it just, it's the, the idea space of this show is extraordinarily limited. And I don't really know what to do about that. As much as I enjoy doing this, doing this like conversational thing, I don't know. It, it 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 I'm struggling to figure out what purpose it serves. I'm sure there are people who just like hearing my voice, who like hearing me talk through these things and find that comforting and you know there are always things about my work that people identify with that surprise me. But I just like I don't know. I, I I don't want trans questioning to just be Sarah Zedig talks about what the fuck ever, you know? I I could do that, but it just... I don't know. I don't think it's what I want to do. And I don't want to force myself to talk every week or every other week when I feel like I don't have anything to say. I don't want this to become formulaic. I don't want this to become an obligation. I don't want this to become a thing that has existed too long. That's my biggest fear. I've been thinking a lot about... I'm always thinking a lot about media and how long it goes. And, you know, 
I'm sure I've aired this a million times on this show, but my pet example is comparing Lost to Twin Peaks, where Lost had six seasons. It was a huge cornerstone of society, part of the zeitgeist for most of its runtime. And then after it was over, conversation about it pretty much stopped. And the only thing that people talk about now is its ending and how good or bad it was. Uh, I am in the camp for the record that thinks it's great. But uh, compare that to Twin Peaks, which had two seasons, ended on a cliffhanger and was canceled. And for 25 years, people were talking about it. You know, a fan magazine ran for 14 years, four issues a year uh, that, that was just talking about stuff that already existed to the point where it got a continuation uh, in 2017. What's the difference between those things? Um, I mean, I think Lost was exactly, well, it wasn't, it was, it was too long in the early half. Like I think the first three seasons are way too long, but uh, it answered all its own questions and it, it, it's a closed circle and it just stops being, I don't know. It stops being a thing. I guess the example that I should stick to uh, cause that's a different conversation. Jeez. I'm just going off on, on my own scripts here. The, 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 the one that's been on my mind more recently is Rick and Morty, where I really liked the first couple of seasons. And I always thought that the wider fandom of Rick and Morty was the worst thing about Rick and Morty. And I've watched the first few episodes of season four and it just doesn't, it's not good. I mean, it's got, it's not got good bits, but it just feels wrong to me. And I think all media has this problem today of wanting to be a franchise, wanting to be an ongoing thing <clears throat> where, you know, I don't know, th- th- there's, there's a, there's an anarchic attitude about the early seasons of Rick and Morty that made it feel different. But now it just now that's just the formula. Now that's just what it is. It feels like it's a vestigial thing where you know what to expect from Rick and Morty. And I don't know. That's the problem with so much media. It's like, you know, I think Stranger Things, the first season of that is like, for what it wants to be, I think it borders on perfect. I don't think it's like, you know, tremendously fantastic art or whatever, but it's it's a good show. And I think the ending of the first season is like perfectly on brand. And I don't think it needed to have more seasons. Um, and I don't think a lot of shows should have multiple seasons. Uh, I don't know. I think about this show and I'm like, is this just going to become an obligatory talk show thing that I do because people like it and they want it to keep going, even though the purpose that it had for me has been served? Yeah, I don't know. So I've been I've been weighing what I want this show to be. If I want to cancel it, uh, which I have thought about, um, I, f- I would feel bad about doing that, though, in part because of the show's connection to the Lunar Light Network and all the- that everybody at the network has done for me personally. 
Um, and the fact that this show has traditionally been one of the better uh, traffic bringers of their lineup. And so I, you know, I, I don't want to just like be here for less than a year and then, and then, you know, cancel the show, but I don't want the show to become whatever I feel like, whatever I worry that it's becoming. Um, so here are the two things that are, are on my mind right now. The first is the near future. I have recorded several interview episodes and those will be coming out over the next few months. The show is going back to a bi-weekly release schedule. So every other Monday, um, and for the time being, unless I, unless I go off and decide that I really, really have some shit to talk about myself for the time being, we're just doing interviews. We're just talking to people about trans issues uh, and their experiences. And that to me is something that I really enjoy still. I like having conversations with people about this stuff. When it's just me, I feel like I'm treading over the same ground over and over. And when talking to other people, there's a bit of it that's still kind of treading over the same ground. But when you're doing it with different people and it's their perspective, like their spin on it, it's it's more interesting. For the foreseeable future, that is what trans questioning is going to be. It's going to be an interview show that is bi-weekly with maybe occasional asides by me. Um, and if those happen, they will be on the off weeks. We shall see. As far as the future goes, there are a lot of queer-related podcasts that are just interview shows. Some of them are trans-specific. I don't want to just be another one of those. It's fine if it is, I guess. I don't know why I'm so fixated on this thing being different. It can just be whatever. Um, but obviously I want it to be something. So what I've considered is... Well, I've, I've considered handing the reins over to other people. I think it would be interesting to get back into the mold of the beginning of this show and get more like audio diary type things, you know? I think it would be nice to hear more perspectives in first person, like from people talking to a microphone. So I don't know. I, that's something that I'm weighing. And I, I, I like the idea of that. But obviously these things are scary. And I, I don't know. I don't want, I don't know what I don't want. I have so many thoughts and so many things I need to be working on and I need to downsize. I have so many fucking responsibilities and I barely pay attention to any of them because I have ADHD as we've already established. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, if you have opinions about this, please hit me up uh, on Twitter at HMS No Fun or at TransQ Podcast. Send me an email at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also send an anonymous message on Curious Cat, curiouscat.me slash transq, or is it transquestioning? I think it's transquestioning. And of course, links to all of those things are in the description. Uh, before I go, I am going to spot a couple of podcasts on the Lunar Light Network, which is my duty here. <laughs> uh, the first of which is um, Deck of Friendship, which is a podcast about friendship-based uh, game anime. They started off talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! It's hosted by Mars, Ray, and Marble. And uh, it's a good show. I've, I'm a fan of it. I listen to it. It's um, uh, they started off talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. They watched the first season of that. Now they're on to a show called Fighting Foodons. And I actually guessed it on the first episode of that. Uh, and that's an anime where the food that people cook turns into kaiju and they fight. And all they can say is their own name. It's it's like Pokemon do. <laughs> it's weird. It's fucking weird. Uh, and this show is just it's just it's Deck of Friendship is a lot of fun. So, of course, you can find that at LunarLightStudios.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The other podcast I wish to promote is uh uh oh which one is it i'm usually i have a, a rubric in front of me but right now i'm just going off of memory um oh mock footage is the other one mock footage is hosted by ray and joe it's another show that i've guessed it on uh where ray hasn't seen very many movies so they pick a movie that that ray hasn't seen ray describes what he thinks the movie is going to be and then they watch the movie and then they talk about it and they decide like, oh, this is where you were right. This is where you were very off. Um, the episode that I guessed it on was about Young Frankenstein, which is a movie that largely still holds up very well uh, with like a couple of gross exceptions. And yeah, that's another show that you can find at LearnLightStudio.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Those are both really good shows. And of course, I recommend all of the shows on the Lunar Light Studio Network. And I'm glad to be back doing this stuff. I'm looking forward to sharing with you the, the episodes that I've got recorded. They're really good. Obviously, I think so. Um, and I've got more planned, more guests planned. I'll have some return guests soon. It'll be a good time. I'm excited about this. Um, and... I welcome any feedback you have about the future of this show. And uh, I thank you very much for your patience and support. And I know that it's been a weird year and we are approaching the end of the decade, beginning of a very uncertain future. And like you, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what my place in this world is. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. And I just want to make the world a little bit better in the process of, of going through life in whatever way I can. So I thank you so much for listening to this show, and I will see you again in two weeks. Of course, if you like my work and you want to support it, you can go to patreon.com slash LTAS 
for as little as a dollar a month you get access to a bunch of little things and uh, if you want to support this network go to patreon.com slash studios and there are lots of um, patreon exclusive podcasts as well as uh, uh, snippets and outtakes from a bunch of things I'll have some stuff there from this show eventually and the Lunarlight Network in general is full of a lot of really talented, incredible creators, and their shows deserve your love and attention and uh, your support. <laughs> it's hard making a living as, a, as an independent creator on the internet, and the best we can hope for is to try to support each other as best we can. Anyway, that's going to do it for this show. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me (laughs) for the last hour, and I'll see you again down the line. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.